A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. We're starting the, the ball rolling. It's a long old fucking journey, so we may as well start now, right? There <laughs> we go. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Up front, down under. <laughs> This is the start of Upfront's journey to the World Cup. And where better to start that journey than the sunny old Milton Keynes? It's been quite the journey for both of us. Uh, I mean, I arrived at the station to a very drunk man who told me that this was Portsmouth. So I felt slightly scared and concerned <laughs> about where I'd ended up. Uh, Rach, you've obviously been in the stadium covering the, uh, the game beforehand. I mean, how's the atmosphere in there? How's it all it's going good. down? Listen, it's already like you can see improvements from last year, which is great. They had over 8,000 fans in the stadium for Italy, Belgium, which is... You you know, big improvement. They've got DJs, they've got swag, they've got, you know, sunglasses and, and foam fingers. So, yeah, excitement building. You can definitely see a lot more fans, a lot more interest in teams that aren't England. So, yeah, so far so good. And you're right, it is the start of the journey and it's a long old bloody journey to Australia. So we kind of have to start now, don't we? Well, I think it seems apt to start yeah. in Milton Keynes, then kind of end up in Melbourne. Yeah, uh, beautiful. So, yeah, beautiful symmetry. Same vibes, same weather conditions. Melbourne is known for its roundabouts, right? Yes, yes, it yeah, is. Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Uh, I mean, we've got 154 days uh, until kickoff at the World Cup. Um, I mean, the last game we were obviously in person at was at Wembley. Oh. And I, we've got so many nostalgic, beautiful memories of that day and all the joy and excitement and Emma Hayes and Rachel Brown Finnis coming along and your pints um, speaking of drunk pints, people you were eight pints drunk. in you I was were quite drunk. I'm not that drunk today I've only no. a half percent we beer. are good um, but yeah I mean it's a six month anniversary uh, at the end of January uh, for that game I mean obviously the game today is going to li- deliver something a little bit different I mean what are you kind of expecting from today I mean South Korea is not a team that a lot of people really know too much about no and I think you know the way we talk about European football style I think it's similar there's like a different style of football in Asia so I think having South Korea is, is quite important for England to play up against because obviously they've got China in the World Cup so you know it will pose a different threat tactically which I think is quite good for um, for Serena Wiegmann and for England so that they can you know test themselves out against something different Um 
obviously Belgium and Italy as well, then they will probably sit back a little bit against England. Again, an important challenge for them to face ahead of a World Cup because they're probably going to face similar things, especially in the group stages. So, yeah, it's actually, you know, it may not be as big, high a calibre as, as last year as Arnold Clark Cup, but I think it still is good for England to have these challenges. But, I mean, obviously it's quite a big game for you guys. Not as, not as important as the one on Saturday. It's your 999th <laughs> <Yes>. game <laughs> with girls on the ball covering the games. Um, yeah, I mean, how do you feel about a big milestone this weekend and it being such a significant game as well and to cover the Lionesses for your thousandth game? Yeah, like, it's, worked out, it's worked out quite nicely. And, you know, there may have been some slight manipulation in terms of we got to get a game in here or there to make sure that we get up to the 1,000th. Um, we started kind of looking at it, I think, in December, January to try and figure out where we might actually hit that milestone. Oh, you skewed it a little bit. A, a little bit. You know, <laughs> there was there was a point where we might have missed a game and we were like, no, we can't miss that game. We have to go so that we can, we can make sure that we hit it when England play Italy um, on Sunday. So, yeah, it's going to be... It's got to be pretty special. It's a lot of football. It's a lot of football. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we've got Mary Epps in goal. I kind of thought that Serena might go with a different purse just to cheat. Maybe an Emily Ramsey. But I think that was a lot to ask for, for someone who likes consistency. Um, but I think the only real surprise in there maybe is Jess Carter. I mean, I absolutely love the fact that Lauren James is given a start. I think that's, that says a lot about her potential and I think how Serena sees her in the squad going forwards. I mean, any big surprises for you there? Or do you think it sort of looks quite mainstream? Not hugely surprised. I don't think... I wasn't really expecting a lot of changes in the first game. I think there's there is a thing about a first game in a in a tournament whether it's a friendly tournament or not is you want to stake your claim, you want to make a mark and I think that will be important for England to get out there and to to get a win and South Korea will probably pose the biggest threat out of the three teams. So I think it's important for England to get up and running with a win and three points and then perhaps we might see some more rotation further into the tournament we might see the likes of Laura Coombs or Jordan Nobbs getting some minutes and maybe a, a switch up in goal as well so I just wasn't really expecting that in the first game I think um, it seems like a quite an exciting lineup. I mean, attacking-wise, with Stanway, I mean, and Russo and Toon started. I mean, obviously they've come in before as kind of more impact players after half time. That seems to be the the general strategy. But for them to start now, that kind of says that says big things about the kind of youth and where uh, and Serena sees that going. It feels like after the Euros, it's a passing of the baton, right? Like yes. those players <laughs> that they used to come on for are are no longer really playing as much. I guess with Fran Kirby out, that's an, a good opportunity for Ella Toon to step in. Um, but it is a bit of a a little bit of a fresh blood they're the kind of they're no longer the newbies in the team anymore are they so I think we might see Alessi Russo more regularly playing as the number nine up front um, but yeah it's an exciting time we saw what they could do with the Euros and it's really important for them to be getting that start starting time ahead of the World Cup do you think this is going to be the same squad that we're going to see at the World Cup? Or do you think, you know, Serena's using this opportunity to tweak things, to kind of suss a few players out? Yeah, um, I think given we've had players retire and, and that kind of thing, um, and there isn't a lot of time between the Euros and the World Cup, there aren't a lot of uh, international windows for Serena to try out different things. I think this window is an opportunity for her to try out some new players. So I think the fact maybe we didn't see Beth England, I don't think that's a door closed on Beth England's chances of going to the World Cup. I think she's going to use the other windows in April and then... I, th I feel like by April she'll have a fairly good idea of the squad she's going to take with her, but I don't think that this is the nailed-on squad for the, the World Cup. This is the window for her to, to try new players. So do you think potentially that kind of the game against Brazil, the Finalissima? Finalissima. Finalissima. Is going to be the kind of this is the starting eleven for the World Cup. I think it'll be that will be pretty close. I mean, you have to factor in there could, God forbid, be injuries between April and, and June. Of course. But I think the April team will be much much closer to what we can expect at a World Cup versus the team now. This is the window to bring in players that haven't had caps before and get them, you know, into the, the setup and, and see how they fare. 
But yeah, obviously we're going to cover the game afterwards. Uh, we'll be back here. We're outside uh, an Odeon and a Costa at the moment. And you can obviously hear the uh, the music. Elder fans getting excited. Uh, I mean, we're 45 minutes away from kickoff. So, Rach, let's score predictions. Come on. Score predictions. I'm going to go 4-0 England. 4-0? Mm. I'm going to say 6-0. All right. I think they've got this wrapped up. And That's with good. that kind of firepower in the lineup, I'm just thinking, yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be done dusty for half time. Goals galore. It's definitely like, when I think back to crowds last year, obviously factoring in, we were, well, COVID wasn't as big of an issue. It was for the actual tournament because the teams were <laughs> super stressed about it. So there was a lot more restrictions in place from that aspect. But we were also, if you remember, factoring in uh, two massive storms, um, which we had to contend with. So that also wasn't ideal. Um, so yeah, it's nice to see a lot more people out. And obviously just the impact of this summer is clear to see. Like there were fans here for the earlier game, like more than two hours before kickoff. So um, yeah, the atmosphere has definitely changed. I've been going to football for 40 years and it was the best game I've ever been to. Man. Absolutely amazing. It was really fun. You had a really good day, didn't you? Yeah, yeah it was just fantastic. Just never been anywhere that, with that size of crowd and that good an atmosphere. It's absolutely amazing. Was that your first game? Uh, no, I've been to a few others, but that was my first ever like, big game. Is it your favourite ever? Yeah. I, t I take it to watch Carlisle United, so it's a bit of a step up. Yeah. We were at Hemsby in TI's bar. <laughs> it was really it was, packed, yeah, wasn't it? It was packed. Yeah. What was it like? It, it was really good, it was amazing. <laughs> we got to at home, yeah. It was great winning. Yeah, it's really, really good for English football as well. It's nice to see us actually win something. I play netball in Milton Keynes for the Milton Keynes Indoor Netball League and in the summer Leah came along to one of the games to watch her mum who plays in one of the really good teams, MK Diamonds, and um, we got chatting to her. She was really happy that she came with her medal and um, everyone was chuffed, everyone wanted to take pictures, like people were buzzing and she was really good because she was absolutely hungover, like madness. She didn't want to really talk loads but she was happy to smile and post the pictures. That was literally the day, day after? Two, two, it was two days, I mean it's Tuesday night so and the game was on the Sunday so a couple two days and she came with her medal and a big smile, had those pictures with everyone. It was wicked. We were at our friend's house um, having a barbecue, we had some party games and yeah we were just having a nice drink and celebrating it really. Screaming our heads off. Yeah, screaming our heads off. <laughs> this is the first live game. No, we went and saw them at uh, Manchester for the first game they played in the, the opening game. Well, that was my first live football match ever. Um, so it was quite a big one. I drove all the way up to Manchester and it was, yeah, it was incredible. All for women's football and yeah. how far it's come, really. Yeah, yeah. It's, it is incredible to see so many more people celebrating it and enjoying yeah. it now. Packing and just seeing so many different people and seeing 
kids, like younger girls' dreams come true, and they're such big influences to everyone, I think, at the moment. And yeah, really inspirational. Teams are coming out now to thunderous applause. Great to see such a big crowd, so much excitement around this game. Can't wait. Number six, Liam Williamson. Number five, Lily Bates. Number seven, Chloe Kelly. Number eight, Georgia Stanway. Number nine, Alessia Russo. Number ten, Ella Towns. Number 16, Laura James. And number 15, Jess Carter. had about 97 touches in the Korea Republic box trying to find a way through um, plenty of calls for a shoot <laughs> from the crowd but they insisted on tiny little passes left and right and eventually win a, win a corner an early booking there you can hear from the crowd they did not like that foul on Leah Williamson only 8 minutes in we've already got a yellow card Amazing run from LJ there. Took the ball, tricked around a few defenders, all the way through the box, had a shot and it was deflected out for a corner. That's probably the closest England have come. Shrugged off a few defenders. Classic LJ. Chanting. This is the first time we've um, had the crowd get into it. More of this, please. Into the 37th minute now. Bit of a break in play for an injury to a Korea Republic player. England are kind of look like they're trying to do a bit of problem solving on the pitch right now. Mary Earps, Millie Bright, and Leah Williamson are in a little bit of a huddle. Um, there's another one on the other side of the pitch with Alex Greenwood and Chloe Kelly and Ella Toon. Looks like they're trying to figure out where the gaps are, where the spaces are. Um, this is the kind of test I think Wiegmann would have wanted. Korea Republic are very good at, at being compact, but also have the technical nose to, to be a real threat going forward. They don't panic. They have the skills and the, the tactical ability to do that. So it is really a really good test for them ahead of a World Cup. we all thought that was in it looked like Georgia Stanway had buried it in the bottom corner the fans here are wondering how that ball was not in the back of the net it looks like it wrapped itself around the pole and came straight back out again I think we all thought the deadlock had been broken but no it's still nil nil that is the sound of a very happy crowd a penalty has just been awarded for a foul on Lauren James 
who is going to take it? Lucy Bronze and Ella Toon now standing over the ball, but I think we all know that it's going to be the penalty queen, Georgia Stanway, who will be taking this one. There's a little bit of gameplay there, I think, and protection for their player. But she's stepped up now, and she's about to place the ball. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I reckon we'll see a few changes in the second half because I think they really want to try and open up that um, career Republic defence because they do have, as I said, they have that technical ability to get forward and cause threats. So they kind of, Elina has to be really mindful of that as they flood forward, that, you know, they could get them on the counter-attack. So they've had a few chances themselves, but nothing nothing particularly threatening. So, yeah, I think we'll see some changes in the second half. Well then, that was a quick start to the second half. Chloe Kelly on the score sheet, less than a minute into the game. Lovely goal from her. Double their lead. This is going to be uh, this is going to be a fun second half for the Lionesses, I reckon. There's so much more space for players to run in this second half. Whatever Wiegmann said at halftime has definitely worked. We've already seen two goals. We've got to see Lauren James running rings around people. Georgia Stanway just wriggled her way through and straight into the box. Plenty of space now for the Lionesses to exploit. Goal number three for England. Alessia Russo toe pokes at home. We're only in the 40, 50th minute and they've got two goals already.
That was an absolutely bizarre piece of play. England with a really good opportunity. Korean defender tried to clear it with a hoof and ended up massively slicing it back into her own box and right up over her keeper. And Alessia Russo challenged for the ball. The two of them came together and it's ended in a, in a free out for the goalkeeper because of the coming together. But wow, what an absolute massive slice. Update, Lauren James scores goals. 4-0 to England. Some lovely work there. Lisa Bronze kind of fouled in the build-up, but it popped out to Lauren James. Referee played advantage, and she buried it. A deserved goal for her after an amazing performance tonight. England goes for number 16, I thought Korea Republic would have a little bit more fitness and ability to hold off England the way they did in the first half in the second but they haven't um, England have done really really well to find space they've done really really well to carve them open to take their chances we've just seen the Korea Republic goalkeeper booked for time wasting when they're 4-0 down so I think that tells you everything you need to know about how this game has gone for them much as I'd like to see more goals, I really wanted to stay 4-0 because that is what I predicted. <laughs> there you go, there you have it, 4-0, game over. England take all three points, the perfect start to the defence of their Arnold Clark Cup. Well, that's the final whistle done and dusted. I mean, that couldn't have gone any better, could it? Not for me, anyway. I called 4-0. Look at that. <laughs> that's how it's ended. Well, to be fair, I really thought that my prediction was going to come true. I mean, when the floodgates opened in the second half, I was like, Rach... Watch out, watch out. And then it did tail off a bit towards like the back end of the second half. But what what a performance. Like calm, collected, composed. I mean, we've got to talk about the first half first off. I mean, they didn't score until, what, just before half time? And it looked um, it looked like it was going to be one of those matches where they where South Korea just parked the bus and then that was just going to be it. But do you know, I kind of expected more from South Korea's defence because I felt like they were tactical enough and fit enough to be able to carry that on into the second half. It wasn't a case of like last ditch defending. It no. was smart defending. And I thought that they would frustrate them for longer. So actually, I think, you know, and a lot of that will be down to the changes or what was said at half time. But England kind of found that space and found their rhythm in the second half. But the first half, they just couldn't seem to to find a way through. And there was a passage of play where I jokingly said in the voice notes that they'd made like 97 passes and they still <laughs> don't think they could manage to get a shot off. So there was a little element of that. Mm -hmm. It did feel like 
are they going to find a way through? Well, I think we were just saying like how dense and condensed it did seem at the back. I mean, South Korea, like I think they did put on quite a good defensive performance. I mean, they obviously held off for, for about 40 or so minutes, but I think it was difficult for England to actually find any space. Like, I mean, they were doing well on some of the wings to try and create sort of, you know, one, two touch passing and so it were kind of making inroads a little bit on the wings. But I mean, some of the deliveries in weren't too great, I didn't think. Um, and then South Korea seemed to find some luck sort of going on the um, sort of counter attack fairly quickly. And I think... I've got to be honest, I think uh, Jess Carter at the back was shaky for me. I mean, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, aren't we kind of used to seeing her in more of a fullback position for Chelsea? So playing in that central defence role was a little bit of a surprise. Um, I do think she was maybe a little bit unlucky with some of the referee calls, but equally she was kind of a little bit clumsy with some of the tackles. Um, but I think that's the kind of thing that comes with game time, so you kind of have to factor that in. I think it's important to see her in that position for Serena. So, you know, she also offers that fullback option as well. Um, but I did think that at halftime, Williamson would drop back. Right, OK. Well, I, I mean, I was looking at Jess Carter. I think out of everyone on the pitch, she seemed to be like the weak link there. And I think it came from, you know, there's three or four opportunities there where South Korea could have nicked the ball and it could have been potential opportunities for them. But, I mean, it was great. I think, well, obviously, Serena didn't give her too much too much leeway in the defensive uh, in defensive errors, uh, taking her off after, you know, and well, going into the, the second half. Um, I thought it was a great shout bringing Zelimim. I thought she had a pretty good game. Didn't yeah. obviously have too much to do. But um, defensively, I mean, we looked strong. I don't think there were many shots if and, what, one? two on target which were easily collected by herbs yeah and what i also love to see is when maybe the ball does come through you know there was <laughs> there was a, a katie zellum nutmeg at one point and it was more she was trying was to close down the ball and it was a really like <laughs> clear nutmeg and there's millie bright coming in to mop up she's you know that's something that they read each other really really well mm. even when you're bringing in a player like katie zellum who maybe doesn't have as many minutes they still know Hello. each other Hello. we just had oh, a cameo from karen barsley <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, was, it wasn't too bad, was it? I've met you twice in a week now. This is <laughs> twice in a week now. Like, yeah. I was about to say, someone's stalking someone. You need to figure out who it is. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. later. Man, what is with our lives and having... Uh, Why do we keep doing that? We attract it, we attract it. That was um, former England goalkeeper Karen Barsley. It's always the goalkeepers as well. Mate, it's you. It's the, oh, she's it's just the such draw, a legend. I mean, what are the odds of that just happening? I spoke to her like earlier on this week in a goalkeeper special. My God. Love that. What is going on? I mean, talking of goalkeepers, I mean, Mary Earps, bless her, had absolutely nothing to do Listen, this game. Listen, she made a little save there in the first half. Oh, and I, I mean, think she made a little save in the second, uh, maybe. So, listen, she's one of those keepers, though, that will be switched on for those full 90s. So, if a shot was to come in. And the thing is, I did, I did think Korea Republic would have had that in them, that if they did find themselves up front, that they have the kind of skills to kind of capitalise on that. It's not going to be one of those, oh, Jesus, what am I doing up here? What do I do with the ball? Yeah. They have more about them to be able to do something with it. So, I kind of did expect maybe a little bit more of a threat when they did get four, but then you look at the defence... They played well. Well, I think it's that it didn't have a lot of opportunities, did they? I thought Millie Bright had a really good game. She was really robust at the back. And then even it looked like she was trying to get the golden boot back again. There was a couple of long distance range strikes happening. Yeah. I was trying to pick the ball in, that, in, the, in the opposition half. The, the fans were like, shoot. <laughs> so, you know what they want. <laughs> I mean, I was really excited to see Katie Robinson come on because I was like, oh, I mean, you don't get a look. There's not been a lot, a lot of opportunities to kind of really see her play. She looked like she was chomping at the bit, obviously coming on for uh, for Lauren James, who just got an absolute worldie. And I'm pretty sure I just walked past her dad, who looked very happy with himself, and <laughs> rightly so when you've got two amazing kids. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I felt so disappointed for her when it hit the woodwork and came off. But we had, what, two or three chances where we hit the woodwork? So I think it could have been a, a bit of a higher scoring game if we're going to be really critical. Yeah, so you're kind of looking at is it's a combination of England being better in the second half and Korea Republic just being less 
more poor, less. I don't know what to say. They didn't. They just did not play well in the second half. They kind of stayed in the dressing rooms, I think. Um, but no, I'm pretty happy with that. I think if they can perform like that against a team like that, like who defend like that, mm-hmm. because it's not that last ditch, I think we'll see a little bit more of that maybe against in Italy, that yeah. kind of last ditch sliding tackles, blocks, bodies on the line. Um, so to be able to break that down, I think is really promising. Well, not a bad start to the Arnold Clark Cup. I mean, no. I don't want to put my flagpole in the sand. I've not mentioned that in a while, uh, but I think we could walk away with this. Um, I, I hope so. I mean, to be honest, <laughs> sounds dramatic, but anything less than winning, it's pretty, pretty poor. Pretty actually. poor, actually. <laughs> yeah, they, they should. But the important thing is, is what we see and what they get out of these matches. Mm-hmm. And I think even this match alone, they probably got an awful lot more out of it than they maybe expected to. Massively. And I think we've got to start also. I mean, we've got to have a massive mention for the fans who turned out to the game. I mean, 21,000 fans. 21,000. 21,000 fans to this game. And I think everyone's kind of got on board. Big hype. Great start. And I think everyone's getting themselves very much excited for um, for the Women's World Cup. So, yeah. Cracking all round, mate. Loved Good it. to see you here twice in you a week. Too. Imagine yeah. we just bump into each Bizarre. other there. <laughs> just what, what are the chances? The Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.